Welcome to CX Today with me, David Dungay. Today, I have with me two gentlemen, Urban Lazar, President and Principal Analyst of Metrogy, and Andy Dignan, uh, Senior VP of Global Partners and Services at Five Nines. Welcome to the show, guys. How are we today? Doing, Doing well. great. Thank you so much for having us. Excellent. So today we're going to be talking about uh, customer migration journeys. And this is a, a channel conversation today. So I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, how it, how it goes and where, where we get to, what we uncover. So um, but before we get into the conversation, um, perhaps we could do a few introductions. Andy, should we, should we start with you? Do you want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and um, Five Nines? Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, uh, David. So uh, as you mentioned, Andy Dignan, I, I lead our overall uh, partner business, right? And when we look at what that means to Five Nine, that's all the, the the large partner ecosystem that we have. You know, whether it's referral partners, resellers, um, all of our SI partners, ISV partners, and we're going to get get deep into that. But uh, that's one part of the business, and the other part is our services business. You know, in terms of how we service our customers, implement, support. So uh, it's been a, it's been a great run here at Five Nine. I've been here for uh, just. Just over two and a half years, and uh, I think it's been a great time to come here, joined here from from Cisco. But really, I've been the contact center for my entire career, uh, about twenty years, and um, you know keeps getting better. So, really excited to uh, have the conversation today. Great, and Erwin, uh, you've, you've done a few of these uh, videos now, so I'm sure many of our CX readers will be familiar. But for those who are not, give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and Metrogy. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Metrogy is uh, just about a seven-month-old company. We spun out of a company called Nemertis Research back in January, which uh, started in 2002. So we've been at this for a little over 18, almost 19 years now. Uh, and we spend our time going out and gathering data from end-user organizations, specifically trying to understand what they're deploying and why. And then what are the characteristics of successful companies? So what are companies that, specific to say the contact center area, are seeing improvements in customer service and satisfaction scores, reduction in agent turnover? What are they doing differently from others? Uh, so I've been an analyst now for uh, going on about 20 years now. Part of that, my background was in network engineering and operations. Wow. So uh, an analyst for 20 years, I'm sure uh, you've seen a lot of change in just the last year, particularly, um, you know, since March uh, 2020, we've seen this huge migration to cloud. Um, but let's go to Andy first, though, and uh, ask, you know, what, what kind of challenges and problems have your partners been uh, experiencing over the last 12 months, particularly when it comes to uh, deploying uh, you know, and supporting uh, remote, uh, remote agents? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, an, any partner right now had already been dealing with, you know, the volume of how do we help our customers get from on-prem to the cloud, right? And if you think about the overall collaboration stack, whether it's UC, meetings, messaging, contact center, it was always sort of the long tail, right? Uh, because it was the most complex, most, you know, user impacting, agent impacting, you know, and customer impacting. And so, you know, as, as we like to talk about, with uh, what's happened since since last March, um, really we've almost compressed ten years of digital transformation right uh, into a year and a half, and uh, really that put a lot of um, a lot of stress, I guess, on on partners. But I think most of them have risen to the challenge, right? If you look at uh, what's happened over the last eighteen months, they really have delivered. And what we've seen is many customers um, kind of looked at this in phases, right? I like to call it three different phases. Phase one was all right, wow, I'm on-prem today. I need to send all of my agents home. We just need to do a very quick reaction and let's move to the cloud. And you had that was kind of phase one. The second wave of customers were, hey, I was already in the cloud, but maybe I didn't necessarily support 
omni-channel or you know all the various applications that I might need to be able to do. And then phase three with the customers, kind of where we're at now, which is we're coming out of um, you know the pandemic and really now what's our CX strategy? And so this is a, this is a great time I think for channel partners to truly look at okay we helped customers get to the cloud that's kind of the bits and bytes right more of maybe the uh, the technical piece now it's really about how do we do deliver business impacting solutions right really to help our customers transform and so again I think this is where you know most partners they either have sold or implemented a lot of these on-prem um, customers. And now's really the time for them to deliver on really the huge value add that they bring. So that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah. Erwin, I mean, how does that marry with um, what you've been seeing in the market over the last 12 months? Yeah, I think it matches up pretty nicely with what we've seen. So as as Andy talked about, you've seen this rapid rush toward the cloud. We saw more than 65% of participants in our most recent studies say that the pandemic has caused them to accelerate their cloud plans. So I agree with what Andy said in terms of we saw you know, 10 years of digital transformation <coughs> down into two months. And so what that's created from a, a partner standpoint as well as an end user standpoint is, okay, we've implemented a lot of cloud applications. In many cases, they've been a rush to, to get to the cloud. So now how do we take a step back and do it right? How do we take advantage of the features that we have and train our agents and, or, uh, and, and support personnel in, uh, in taking advantage of those capabilities? How do we integrate maybe with uh, applications that we might still have on-prem or if we've got a multiple or multitude of different cloud applications, how do we integrate those? Uh, and then how do we uh, implement management? And so we understand what our agents are seeing, what they're experiencing. Are we actually delivering additional value to our customers, what are our pain points? So getting that kind of management and analytics uh, piece into play. And I think one other you know, kind of key trend we've seen from the, the contact center side over the last 12 months is agent turnover has gone up. You know, This has been a very uh, tough market for, for a lot of folks and, and a lot of people have uh, found either difficulty working from home or uh, you know, challenges related to their local uh, environment, economy, wherever, whatever country they're, they're working out of. So we saw a spike in agent turnover in the last year. So as you're trying to implement cloud and get people onto the cloud and give them access to all these wonderful new features, you kind of have to make sure you're training those new people that are coming in as well. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of activity going on in the market. You know, from a migration point of view, um, you know, the, the latest stat I saw was, you know, 85% of, uh, of businesses, uh, they're actually still yet to make that leap to, to, to cloud. They're still on-prem. Um, so I guess, first of all, uh, I mean, is that the, are you still seeing that kind of volume of people still with that sort of traditional on-premise offering? And, um, and then, I mean, what are your expectations in terms of the, the channel and their ability to deliver that sort of migration journey? Yeah, um, our data showed about a third of companies that are still on-prem uh, and planning to stay that way. A lot of the, the folks that are still on-prem are kind of somewhere in their cloud journey, meaning either they're moving whole, uh, 100% from on-prem to cloud or they're trying to take advantage of cloud services that they can potentially overlay and integrate or uh, potentially use for, for different scenarios. So depending on how many contact centers I have, you know, maybe some I'm going to move to cloud initially and then others I may keep on premise a little bit longer until I can figure out how to do things like backend application integration and so on. And that's really a big opportunity for the partners is to help these organizations with getting to cloud right, you know, not just rushing to move to cloud, but figuring out 
how do we integrate our legacy applications? Uh, again, I talked about things like management and analytics, uh, and then helping them figure out what's the right mix of cloud, what's the right cloud provider, uh, and then how do I, um, you know, again, how do I make sure that, that I'm helping customers make intelligent decisions? Yeah. So, I mean, Andy, I mean, the channel are they are they set to really deliver this 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 cloud journey in in, in as as Erwin puts it, the right way? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think they are. You know, if it, it, it's it's kind of interesting as well is um, if you looked at the five the pre pandemic, if you looked at the Y five nine pitch deck, you know, the first half was convincing the customer why to go to cloud. We basically be able to ditch those first you know handful of slides. Right? We're kind of past that um, conversation, <clears throat> but. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, the other thing that partners bring to the table is, and, and Erwin hit on it earlier, is the high agent turnover. You know, I think there's, there's a, if, if you look at the knowledge worker coming out, I don't know, Erwin, what you guys are seeing, but if you look at the knowledge worker, yeah, certainly at home working is, you know, sort of going to be here to stay. But I think a lot of knowledge workers are going to go back into the office, you know, kind of a mix of a hybrid world. But if you look at the contact center, you know, if you look at the, the overall, you know, you got a $24 billion TAM for contact center. You have you know upwards of, of fifty billion if you bring in WFE and all the other um, components, um, but the labor market you know is hundreds of billions of dollars, right? And this is the cost, and that includes real estate cost and training and enablement. And so coming out of the pandemic, a lot of companies are saying, hey, no, we're gonna we're we're really gonna adapt this work from home agent model. Um, and it's not just the the contact center pieces; it's the Hey, it's your it's the UC side of things, right? It's meetings. It's how do you bring all of that together? And I think that's where if you look at a five nine. We're purely focused on that on the CCAS part of the business. Partners can bring together all of the technology and consulting and pieces to make that agent's life a lot easier. So that's kind of you know one piece. I think that's going to be a big differ differentiator for them. Okay, well, sticking with you, Andy, um, you know, we have seen a lot of change in the last uh, 12 months. The channel, uh, you know, one of the greatest plus points, uh, you know, going for the channel is, is their ability to adapt, uh, be, be nimble and, and agile, in agile in, in situations like this. But you know, how are you helping your partners, um, you know, really grasp hold of these opportunities and adapt to um, some of the sort of uh, new buying behaviors we're seeing in, in the market? Yeah, you bring up a, a great point. I mean, partners, I, I spent kind of the first decade, of, a decade of my career in the partner space, running partner businesses. Um, then I spent uh, a big chunk of time at Cisco, obviously a very channel-led uh, company, and then now here at Five Nine. And it's it's always been amazing to me to see how the channel does adapt and evolve. Right? You know, you go back to hey, it was really a long time ago. It was around the transaction, right? To say how can I resell it, and that was one bit. Now, truly, partners are making that leap. Most of them are, right? I think there's uh, there's a lot of disruption, I would say, that's that's happened over the last couple of years in the channel space. But the ones that have, have thrived and survived, they've come out, you know, bigger, better, and stronger. And so, and we're seeing that. You know, if you look at if you look at what we're doing at Five Nine, a big chunk of what we're doing is um, we're not focusing on the transaction necessarily. If we did, we'd purely go after partners and say, "Bring us your leads, and we're going to do everything," right? But ultimately, for us to be able to grow, we're going after partners that truly want to bring a value add. They're, they're, they're vested in contact center. And so really what we focus on is partners who want to build a, a CX practice. Um, either they already have one or they're on that journey. And so we're, we're launching um, a new 5.9 university. We're launching a new partner portal, tons and tons of content. So a huge, a, a huge amount of the energy that we're putting in. Uh, is specific to enabling them. New certifications, you know, everyone loves certifications, right? So 
Um, and I think the other piece that's been pretty interesting is um, while five at five nine previous to when when I joined and others when then Rowan Trollope joined uh, our CEO from Cisco, um, you know we we were we were I would what I would say was we weren't super mature right and I actually looked at that look at that now as a benefit because we're able to truly start fresh if you will in in terms of how we build that content how we build the programs and so that's really where again we're spending a lot of our time and talent and investment. Yeah, I mean, for, for some of those partners, um, Andy, that are watching today, um, you know, who might be sort of sitting there thinking, really, I, I, I need to build a, uh, a CX uh, first uh, business. You know, what, what would you say to those partners? You know, how, how do they you know, really transition their business to become, you know, with CX at the, the, the front uh, the four of, of, of the, their business activities. Yeah, kind of to Erwin's point as well, you know, the, the, the goal is not to focus on, hey, how do we just bring over everything that we're doing on-prem into the cloud? And, and oftentimes the first step that requires is many partners may have spent a lot of time building resources who could go implement the servers, stand them up, spin the disks. A lot of those resources now have to be focused on that front-end consulting piece, Right. And so that's kind of the first step that we talk about with our partners is, hey, let's look at when you're building a CX practice, let's look at what, you know, the number of resources and where and where they're where they fit. And a lot of them have to be in that consulting side to kind of build that plan, build that CX journey. And then the other piece is, and obviously, you know, with the advent of cloud, it's not just purely cloud, but it's what's enabled cloud is the underpinnings of that are very simple APIs to use. And if you think about a CX journey, there's a lot of integrations. You need integrations into your CRM system, your, um, you know, your, ER, your ERP platform. And so partners that have a lot of that development expertise that could take that CX journey that was built by the consulting teams, execute on that with uh, development resources. Um, that's, what, that's really where we, we suggest partners start. And a lot of them already kind of started down that path. And the ones who aren't, you know, we're building a lot of uh, enablement strategies to help them. Yeah. So, I mean, Erwin, you know, why are we suddenly seeing, you know, CX become uh, the focal point for uh, differentiation in, in the market right now? Yeah, I think because uh, there's an opportunity for organizations to differentiate themselves through better customer service, through being more responsive to customers. You know, it's it's uh, obviously in a lot of, it depends, on, you know, obviously on the industry, but it's it's uh, one of the areas where you can get out ahead still of, of your customers, especially if you're in more of a commoditized, you know, maybe cost uh, is the, the primary determinant of what people are, are willing to buy that you can now differentiate through better customer service. And, you know, again, I think to Andy's point, there needs to be that or there is that opportunity for an evolution of, of the channel partners. I mean, we saw this in the UC space over the last few years where companies that were focused on, you know, we go in and set up systems and deploy phones and, you know, manage your, your uh, voice quality for you. They have struggled to to move into this new cloud world where a lot of the skill sets that are required of the partners are things like application integration and API develop, uh, capabilities, the ability to leverage CPaaS services and integrate additional functions and features in uh, the ability to look at workflows and, the, and, and, and really get to know their customers and, and understand how can we specifically tailor solutions like 5.9 to 
to better improve the the, t the typical customer interaction that you might have. So, uh, and then also even integrating, as Andy mentioned earlier, the integrating uh, contact center into the rest of the communication portfolio to enable agents to have access to backend resources uh, so that they can, again, be more responsive to, to customers. And again, I, I mentioned earlier that that ability to set up a management environment that really allows people to understand, you know, is are, are the investments we're making paying uh, an R, what's the ROI? Is there is there a measurable benefit in terms of re customer retention, customer upsell, customer satisfaction, and, and so on. So I think those are all the, the challenges for partners. And, and, you know, again, I think you're going to see that the partners that are in that mindset of, you know, hey, we're really good at turning up a system and then, you know, walking away, uh, really have to become much more of almost application developers and and, and business process improvement specialists. Yeah, and, and, and one of the other things yeah, too, that, that you mentioned there was what we see also is partners who, you know, some people like to say, uh, eat your own dog food or, you know, the other ones say, like, drink your own champagne. The ones that are disrupting themselves in terms of how, how are they kind of a shining light in terms of how they handle customers, right? Um, so even how you enable the partner's employees and the, the tools that they deploy, right? We have a lot of programs where we want our partners to uh, to use 5.9 as the technology, right, at a pretty low cost um, because and then ultimately deploy those so that they're, they become kind of a model uh, of CX for their customers. So that's one of the kind of angle that we're, uh, that we're focused on as well. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, from a from a pandemic perspective, uh, you know, we're, you know, time's kind of lost the whole essence of meaning at the moment. But, you know, we're over a year since since the uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. You know, how much um, of this, um, you know, UCAS and CCAS story um, is is still being driven by the aftermath of that pandemic, and how much of this is, um, you know, was inevitable anyway, and and. Yes, it's a great question, right? I, I still remember March 10th sitting in SFO Airport, uh, uh, you know, over over a year ago, going, okay, you know, maybe this won't be bad for a couple of weeks. So here we are. But I think we and we talk a lot about this, right? Um, and I think it, it really depends on the customer. But for the most part, customers are now looking at, okay, what is what's what is phase two? We we're definitely coming out of the pandemic, you know, and certainly there's parts of the, you know. Parts of the world like India, you know, um, we're still having some challenges. You know, that's uh, that's not great to see. But, um, you know, we're fully not out of the woods. I think everyone agrees that. But I think we're coming to that tipping point now where that strategy is, OK, how are we going to operate in this in this new normal? And it really is a wide ranging view from from our customers. The, the one, I guess the one thing everyone agrees on is it will be different. Um, what we don't know yet is, you know, just how different. Um, and so really that's the approach when we go in, if I, if I look at our services business, when we go into a new customer or even an existing customer, that's where a lot of the conversations are and really that guides what's the next steps. And, um, if you're an existing customer who's already gone to the cloud, so something we just, we just recently launched, we call it the CX maturity model. And it's basically kind of a, a tool that customers, partners, can go in and kind of figure out where on the curve they are in their, their maturity of a CX practice. And again, for the customers who are on cloud today, they're now looking at, okay, what's next? And a lot of it is in that AI and automation space. So how do they leverage and, and uh, leverage AI and automation to make a better customer experience, but also an agent experience, right? We now have, you know, again, as Erwin mentioned, a lot of high turnover with agents. How do we let agents bring that empathy to the customer conversations and not get bogged down in a lot of the 
mundane kind of transactions and, and AI truly has come a long way. So that's really kind of the next step for customers who have gone to cloud. The ones who are on-prem, it's kind of interesting now, you know, it was always step one was, hey, we'll get off on-prem and go to the cloud. But we're actually seeing customers now going, okay, look, we're going to go to the cloud. Um, but look, why don't we just go to AI and automation to start with something like uh, voice bots and chat bots and IVA and to get really rapid, great CX. And then we can kind of come back in and go to the cloud. And it's really not a one size fits all. And so lots of conversations like that. But I think it is it's a great time for, I think, you know, any any uh, you know any partner or vendor like us in the overall space, but I think that's uh, that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, well, Andy, you mentioned uh, AI there. Um, you know, Owen, I'm really uh, interested in your opinion on this. Um, you know, developing an AI strategy. You know, how essential is that in uh, you know realizing um, the sort of the CX dream or realizing the benefits that CX can deliver a business today? Yeah, I think it's critical. I think it's critical both to you know keep up with competitors as well as to potentially look for areas to, to get out in front of them. Um, you know, we have seen just tremendous interest in AI within our research. Uh, it's one of the biggest areas that the companies are investing in. Uh, the the number the the capabilities and the amount of uh, features that are available now through through contact center platform providers like Five Nine as well as through through Overlay or standalone offerings are are continuing to increase. Um, we think that companies we're seeing some of the core areas that people are looking at leveraging AI is to improve self-service, um, to uh, improve predictive analytics so that you can better understand potentially the nature of a, of a call, uh, recognize when somebody's having uh, trouble. You know, a lot of the big challenges that companies have faced as they've gone to this work from home model is agent supervision. So it used to be, you know, you walked around the contact center and you could plug into somebody's phone line and listen to conversation, hear, you know, a tone of voice, things like that. That's really difficult. In fact, arguably impossible to do when you're not in the same room as the agents. So again, taking advantage of AI algorithms that, that would allow supervisors to be notified when, when there might be a problem with a call. Um, and then even using AI to improve things like security, we're starting to see investments in voice recognition and uh, the ability to uh, for, for people now to authenticate themselves to different services using their voice. Uh, that That's becoming a, a big area as companies, uh, especially in the contact centers, in, in certain industries like financial healthcare are dealing with fraud and trying to minimize the potential that people are coming into the contact center and trying to social engineer into someone's accounts or hack in or things like that. Yeah. So, um, Andy, to you on, on that um, sort of AI question, from a partner perspective, you know, is it, is it essential now then that the partners must become, you know, experts in, in, in the world of AI when it, when it comes to this? Or, you know, is, is that your job? No, I think what, what our job is, is to provide the, you know, the technology right behind it, right, um, and partners, and then make it simple for partners, right? If you, if you go back to the, you know, let's, let's just call it the, the early self-service days. I mean, you, you had to go hire a bunch of speech scientists to do all of the tuning for a great speech uh, engine. But now with advancements in the AI technologies, you don't need to necessarily, you don't, you don't need to be a speech scientist to be able to tune this, right? Um, we're actually making some very simple tools that allow you to train the data, right? That's a big piece around AI is around training that data. And if you can make it very simple uh, for the application, that's going to make partners' lives a lot easier because the last thing we want is for partners to have to go turn themselves into a product company, right? We want them to do what they do well, which is consult with customers, deliver the technology, and then that ongoing piece, you know, Erwin mentioned that's a really key part of it for partners is how do we, how do they ongoing with their customers 
help them maximize and get the benefit out of this. And, and AI specifically is something that I think is purpose built for a managed services type offering because it's not something you just set up once and then you forget it. It's daily training, tuning, looking at the use cases. And so, you know, that, that's where I think partners are going to be able to to shine. I think it is on them to do that consulting piece and that ongoing. And, you know, at 5.9 anyway, we're, we're, we spend a lot of time, especially our CTO, Jonathan Rosenberg, our head of AI. Every time he talks to me, he tells me about the technology and I always go, okay, well, tell me what the partner's going to see. And he knows that's coming. And so he's building that into into the products. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we're um, we're coming towards the end of uh, today's session. But before uh, we we leave today, um, I'd like to just get a bit of a forward looking, um, you know, thought from you, from you both. You know, what what's exciting uh, f- for you both over the next twelve months? You know, Erwin, should we should we start with you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think, again, we, we're getting past that point of does uh, cloud make sense? You know, should we go to cloud? As Andy mentioned earlier, those conversations are long done. It's now how do we go to cloud? How do we go to cloud effectively and how do we leverage the benefits of it? So the things that we're watching that, that we think are, are really going to, you know, again, hopefully improve customer service overall, give all of us a better experience when we're dealing with cust- with companies that we work with. Uh, use, the use of analytics. We talked about AI um, investments, uh, companies that, that are starting to see CX as a differentiator and know that they have to do it right in order to succeed in today's world, uh, enabling self-service. Um, we talked about AI to, to uh, improve agent operations, to deliver more self-service type features, automate processes, uh, improve uh, measure business metrics and so on. And then I think the last area that we haven't really talked about that we're starting to see a lot of interest in from the contact center side. And again, I think another opportunity for partners to help their, their, their customers is agent metrics, agent performance metrics. Uh, how do we make sure that our agents are happy and satisfied and not feeling overwhelmed and, and are able to take advantage of all these really cool new features that, that are coming to the market so rapidly? So we're starting to see companies starting to think about agent wellness as a, as a means of reducing that turnover that we talked about earlier. So that's something we're, we're watching as well over the next, I'd say, 12 months or so. Excellent. And uh, Andy, what's exciting to you over the, over the next sort of 12 months or so? Yeah, so maybe I'll answer in three parts since we're, uh, we're always customer first. To Aaron's point, I'm looking forward to customers truly now, you know, heading down that true CX journey path um, so that they can deliver, uh, you know, a better customer experience. If you think about the partner lens, you know, what I'm looking forward to, I mean, truly uh, having spent most of my career, again, in the, in the, the UC and contact center space, but really the partner space, a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues that... Um, uh, I'm looking forward to helping them transform their own CX practices. And then from a 5.9 perspective, uh, obviously, selfishly, we want to continue to have success, and I think we will. Uh, but really, I think what I'm most looking forward to is truly delivering on that overall AI strategy, both from a, a, an agent perspective. You know, um, agent, agent health and wellness, I think, is, uh, is super important. It was just recently, you know, in May was uh, uh, Mental Health Month, I think, around the world. We spent a lot of time there. I personally have been touched by that, you know, in my family um, and so really, really critical that we make sure agents are coming out. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough uh, 12 months or so for people coming out of that. So make the agent's life better with great technology, make our partners life better with uh, great te- technology and ultimately deliver, you know, a happy customer in the end. That's really what I'm looking forward to. Brilliant. Well, I think that's um, a great place to end today's discussion. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. David. Thank you.
And thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungate, on CX Today. If you like today's conversation, please give us a like and a share on social media. It's greatly appreciated. That's it from me. I'll see you next time. Bye.